I'm glad you are here with us today. Uh, how many people like snow in May? Even true Coloradans are a little bit like, okay, that's enough. But, um, well, I'm glad you're here. I think we'll have some tomorrow. But today the sun is shining, and more importantly, the sun is risen, as in the Son of God, our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. Isn't it great to be here together together today? Hey, um, today we want to talk about an interesting topic, and I'm excited about it. We're going to have a number of moving parts and some different people on stage today, and I think you're going to really enjoy and be inspired and encouraged and hopefully motivated to follow suit and get involved and serve. Serve. That's the key word today. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. once said, everybody gets to be great, or everybody can be great, Because anybody can serve. And he's referencing things like what Jesus said when he said, the greatest among you will be the least among you, first shall be last, things like that. In fact, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus referring to himself said, basically, for even I, or the Son of Man, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. You know, if anybody deserved to be served, It would be Jesus, right? I mean, he's deity. He is God's son. If anybody deserved to to have others just meet his every need and take care of his every whim and, you know, feed him with grapes and fan him and all the things that you think of when you think of somebody being, being, you know, spoiled in that way, served in all those ways, it would be Jesus. And yet, what did he do? He put a towel around his waist and literally served by washing the feet of his disciples. He He rolled up his sleeves and got his hands dirty many, many times in lots of ways. He took up his cross so that he could uh, pave the way for us to have eternal life by dying for us on a cross. I mean, the ultimate act of selflessness, of giving, of servanthood. And so I think we need to all think about, are we willing to serve? You know, one way to know whether or not you are a servant is how you respond when you are treated like one. You ever been treated like a servant and gone, hey, whoa, hey. Um, Rod Hokert is a buddy, a friend of ours, a member of our church, and he drives an old Toyota Tacoma that has almost 400,000 miles on it. And I don't know, it's probably like 400 years old too. I'm not sure, but it seems about like that. Well, I needed a truck last Sunday on Mother's Day to borrow to go do a project Kim wanted done in our, in our uh, yard with some rock. I don't have a truck anymore at this point. So anyway, Rod, can I borrow your truck? Sure, here's the keys. So I took it, and, and, um, and we had the rock in the truck, but then Kim wanted to stop and get ice cream at Cold Stone. We were down in the springs, and so I said, sure, here, let's, let's stop and do that. So we did that, and as I was parking Rod's truck that I'm telling you is as beat up as any truck you've ever seen, I mean, the bumper's falling off with rust, and the, you can't tell what color the the, the hood is because it's so faded and all that, and there's missing lights and all kinds, and you know, the windshield's all spiderwebbed and cracked, and I mean, it's, it's falling apart. But um, as I was parking that truck, some people walked by, Ethan and I were in the truck together, and some people walked by uh, to get in their car parked right beside us, and they kind of paused and looked at that truck looked at us and kind of like, oh my word, rolled their eyes. I don't know if you can see it, but that, that's what they did. And I go, Ethan, did you see that? I, and he was like, yeah, whatever. And, 
And, and I thought the same thing, but um, it's interesting how people will often judge you in ways like that, and they thought of us as, I don't know, trashy people, I guess, because we were driving a trashy truck, and I said, thanks a lot, Rod, but anyway, <laughs> it was fine, because it helps me stay humble. It's a good thing, and he, that's what he said. He goes, I drive it because it helps me stay humble, and um, you know, but if we had paused there and thought, oh, how embarrassing, how terrible, that would reflect or say something about us. And, and I think, you know, if you are ever picking up trash, or maybe you're here and you pick up something in the restroom or whatever, and somebody thinks you're the janitor, or maybe you're somewhere else and you pick something up and they think you're the, the groundskeeper or whatever, if, if that makes you take a step back like, oh, no, 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 I'm not that. I'm too good for such a thing. Because you don't want them to think that you might be some lowly servant then that should tell you something about yourself. You know, I think we should be okay with and comfortable with being treated as a servant because that's what Jesus, our Savior, was. And so today I want to talk about how to be a servant. Jesus talked about it. He said this in Matthew 25. Let me read it for you. If you have your Bible, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 25. I was going to put this on the screen, but uh, we had a technology issue today. But anyway, Matthew 25, verse 31 Jesus said this, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will set His throne in the heavenly glory, and the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another as, as, a, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on His left. Then the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I, here, here it is, he goes, come on, this is going to be amazing. All these things I've been preparing for you are here, it's time. Come on in and enjoy all this. Because, or he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Verse 37 says, Then the righteous will answer him, Whoa, Lord, I think you got the wrong person. Oh, I wish that was true. I wish we had done that, but I think you got the wrong guy. I, oh, I'm Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? I wish we could say we did that, but when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or need clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick and in prison and go and visit you? And Jesus, or Jesus says, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You thought I admit you personally doing it personally for me, but I'm talking about when you serve other people in one of these ways, it's the same thing as doing it for me. He went on to finish the rest of that phrase or that, uh, that uh, scripture there by talking about, now, to those of you over here on the other side, away with you, because you failed to do all these things for me. And they're like, whoa, wait a minute. No, 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 no. When did we ever see you in any of those situations and fail to step up and do what was needed? And he said, as often as you fail to do it to the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you fail to do it to me. 
So depart for me. I have nothing, we, have, we have nothing for you here. Now, so today I want to talk about ways that we can serve and honor the Lord. Now, when you read something like that, sometimes it leads us down to that point of going, okay, so is that saying that every time we see somebody on the corner in, uh, in Colorado Springs, maybe with a sign that says anything will help or please help or whatever, that, that we're sinning if we don't help them? Is that what that says? I would just tell you that gets into complicated stuff. I don't have time to go into a lot of detail, but from talking to police officers and friends of mine, I would tell you, no, no, the answer is no. It's not the same. There are those that sometimes you are enabling and helping in ways, and I have to trust those who know. And when a police officer or multiple police officers would tell me, no, actually, that's not helping. You're actually perpetuating a problem. There are there are lots of complicated reasons why that's not the solution. I think what Jesus is talking about is not necessarily helping every person who is begging like that, but helping those that the Holy Spirit would lay on your heart that you truly need to help. And you need to just say, Lord, show me who that is. Who is that? Who is that really? Is it always the person with the cardboard or is it maybe the person with their head down who doesn't say anything? But you know, somehow, one way or another, the conversation or through the leading of the Holy Spirit or through somebody else's conversation with you, you know that is the person that needs and that you need to help. Well, anyway, uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time up here by myself. I want to have some others come up, but let me first give you a summation of a few things. Usually when we have a mission Sunday, uh, oftentimes we actually even have some of our missionaries from other countries here with us. We don't have that today, mostly. We have one you'll see in just a minute via a video, but, but let me just give you the two-minute version of a couple of updates from other people. If you have your bulletin, hopefully everybody got one of these. Inside your bulletin, your bulletin looks like this. Inside that, hopefully you have this little brown piece of paper. I want you to look at that. And uh, on the front side, you'll see impact missions at the top, local. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but skip down to international. This is what we sometimes focus on, but today we're just going to give you the real quick version of that. Um, Let me show you a couple of pictures here. First of all, if you're looking at that, you see the dump site ministry. Uh, Pastor Kennedy, back up one there, Garrett, if you would. We we serve two mission mission groups in in Africa. Kenya there you see in brown and Uganda just to the left, a little bit smaller in purple. I don't know if you can see that zoomed in there in Africa. But two, first of all, if you go to the next picture there, you see um, Kennedy, Pastor Kennedy. He's been with us before. And uh, he's an amazing man. You can see, hopefully in the backdrop there, a dump. He serves people that literally, to avoid dying, scavenge for food and whatever they need to survive by living in the dump. Feeding off of, eating the things that other poor people in Africa throw away. These people find something to survive with. So we have supported him for years, and uh, he's been here to visit for the first time. He got to come to America uh, this last year. We had him here on stage. Some of you got to meet him. He's amazing. We'll have him again, I'm sure, at some point. And, um, and he does all kinds of wonderful ministry there. And you can find his information or follow him on Facebook if you want. The information is there. Just look his name up there. Um, Uh, And I'll talk more about another option to go and be part of that later. Secondly, if you look at the next one here, well, there he is again. He just loves children. But then uh, that's my wife, Kim. And behind her on that motorcycle designed for one person with three on it. Made me a little uncomfortable when she sent me that picture last year from Africa. But um, behind her there is, is our missionary, Rita Beach. And Rita is amazing. Her and her husband, Rogers, have an incredible ministry there. 
Uh, Rita's been here to visit several times and will again later this year. She'd love to have her husband Rogers with her, but has had a hard time. He's a, he's a native man to uh, Kenya, or no, Uganda. Uh, yeah, Uganda. And he has a hard time talking his government into letting him leave and come to America. So that hasn't happened yet, but we're working on that. Next picture, if you see there, um, Kristen testing there in the middle, uh, along with a lot of the young people that that Rita serves and ministers to. She mostly focuses on young people, like college age mostly, and she calls them her kids, and she just disciples them and saves them from what otherwise would have been a horrific life and pours into them. And our uh, church's support of them is incredible. And she just, she's always writing updates about how wonderful that is. And you'll hear more from her later in the year. Uh, briefly, let me show you another picture. Out, out in the foyer, Hope Coffee is a new thing. Chad uh, Young and some others have helped kind of put that together. And every time you donate anything to Hope Coffee, you are helping missionaries and mission work being done in, um, in, uh, in Mexico and Honduras. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, New Mexico. And anyway, in Honduras as well, a, a ravaged country that is struggling in many respects, but we get to help by just simply drinking that coffee and making donations there. Um, then a couple of pictures. Let me show you Tony and Fatima. Tony is the guy in the middle with the black shirt and his wife Fatima. I always say it wrong. It's not Fatima. It's Fatima. Fatima uh, in the red there to your left, if you're looking at the picture to his right, um, that they are husband, wife, and as you can see there, off to the side there, Mike and Holly Galvin. Mike leads our mission uh, ministry, and those are his two kids there. And, um, and then Tony's children are on the side of the picture over there. And they do an incredible ministry. And later in the year, we're going to help them as well. Again, they're going to be back. If you have been here before, you know or when we have done a food preparation thing, we have made thousands of pounds of food. It's a well-oiled machine in the assembly line. We set it all up, and it's an incredible thing to get to be part of. We'll do that again. In fact, if you turn your paper over, you can see the date. Um, the Kids Against Hunger for Mexico, November 3rd. It's the middle of that list there. On November 3rd, write it down on your calendars. I want you to come and be part of that. You'll get to, to be with Tony, meet Tony, and he will be here that day, and we'll help put together all that food We'll store it and wait until we take a mission trip later, uh, November 24th, a couple of weeks later, down to Mexico. Take all that food there and let him help continue to distribute that and help the people in his neighborhood of Juarez, Mexico, that are struggling mightily. He gives them food because the food helps them, for one, but it helps open them up to listen to the gospel. And he shares the gospel of Jesus in beautiful ways with all those people. If you see a couple other pictures there, uh, that same time when we go November 24th, we'll build a house like, well, that's the beginning of it, and there's the finished product of a house like that. That's the team that went just a few months ago over, um, over Thanksgiving. We'll do that again this coming Thanksgiving as well. So I want you to know about that. Um, at the bottom of that list, if you're looking at the paper again, you'll see the Africa trip, May of 2020. So basically a year from right now, Kristen Tessing, who will be on stage in a minute to talk about something totally different, is going to help lead that. So if you want to talk about going to Africa to see Pastor Kennedy and also Rita Beach and her ministry there, you can do that and look them up with the links that are there as well. So these are some of the ways you can get involved. Um, let me turn the page back over just real quickly. I'll tell you this. One Kingdom is a ministry that we believe in. I don't think we even have a slide for them, but 
with intermittent disaster relief, there's a website you can look at there, but whenever there's a tsunami or something terrible that happens in our world, one kingdom is there on site, on the ground, as quick as anybody else, usually before the Red Cross or anybody else. And 100% of the money given to one kingdom goes to, to ministry. 100%. That's unheard of. Every other ministry that we know of, including wonderful things like Red Cross, for example, they're wonderful, but not 100% of the money or proceeds goes to the ministry, but it does with one kingdom. So we, we support them, especially when there's um, some kind of a disaster. And then finally, at the bottom of that list, you'll see Thailand. You know, I don't have time to go into detail, but Eric and Becky Lara, who, I, are you in here, Eric and Becky, right now? Maybe? Okay, they might be second service today. But anyway, Eric and Becky are amazing. They have led or done some incredible ministry there in Thailand. And uh, there will be other trips that they will talk about, we'll talk about later. But that's the crash course version of things overseas. I want to mostly spend our time talking, though, today about local ministries. But before we do that, check out this video from a missionary that is one of ours that is in other countries, has been for about 11 months. Listen to that, and then we'll talk about local things. Good morning, church family. Uh, my name is Levi Corbett, if you didn't know. Um, if you haven't seen me around, it's because I've been on a missions trip for the last 10 months. Um, I'm doing a missionary program called The World Race. It is where you go to 11 countries in 11 months. Currently, I am in Serbia. And uh, I just want to check in with you guys um, and uh, give you some insights into some of the things that I've learned. So one of the main changes that have happened in my life is that my whole mindset has changed. Everything that I was worried about before doesn't really matter because I realized the only thing that does matter is uh, salvation, right? People's salvation. Like, our lives are this big, but eternity's forever, you know? So, <laughs> it just makes everything that you used to worry about kind of not really matter because salvation is everything. It is eternity. And uh, something else that I've learned that I think would be very useful for uh, our church to like grow in and be able to explore as well is that a ministry ministry let me tell you ministry can look like anything um, as long as you're doing something in Jesus's love and in Jesus's name it doesn't really matter what it is for an example this month in Sambor Serbia we go around and we just make relationships with people we go to coffee shops we go to restaurants and we just try to connect with people and invite them to uh, a coffee house that we have here right underneath the church and introduce them into who Jesus is and it, simple, something as simple as that can be ministry just talking to someone loving someone in Jesus's name you know <laughs> you could be cleaning toilets or washing walls or doing yard work as long as you're doing it with Jesus's love in mind it it's it shows and you know we work unto our father not unto man so it's just it's amazing how many things have changed here and I thank you so much for all the support you guys have given me uh, through prayer, through finances, and your thoughts. I, I thank you so much. If you want to look into ways to support me, all you have to do is just pray. Um, as I said, I'm in my 10th month, going into my 11th, and uh, it does get a little tiring sometimes being, you know, 10 months straight doing nothing but missions work. But just pray that God gives me the strength and motivation to continue to move forward. And uh, I'll see you guys next month. All right. God bless. Is that cool or what? Isn't that awesome? That's Levi Corbett. He will be back. I think it is next month that he'll be back. Are his mom and dad in here? Where are you at? I, I 
saw him earlier. Where are you at? Where are you at? There, there, there's dad. All right. So I'm proud dad and his mom, and we'll, we'll see him soon. Well, let's, let's talk about some things that you all can do. I mean, if you really want to go to Africa or to Serbia or to Mexico, there are options. And yet I want to talk about how you can every day, without even any planning, without any great expense, get involved and serve the people of Teller County, the people that God has put right in front of you. One way is through an incredible ministry called Choices. Bob, would you come on up? Bob Sturgeon is uh, one of our elders, and he has been involved at Choices for a long time. And Bob has a really interesting story that I think you'll enjoy hearing. So, Bob, tell us a little bit about it. Well, let me jump right into it. Several years ago, there was a young lady, 16 years old, kind of a baby herself and a lot of rights, uh, realized she was pregnant. She lived in the Denver area and didn't have a lot. She didn't think she had a lot of options. So she wanted to finish high school. She was abandoned by her boyfriend, so she decided to have an abortion. And while she was planning for that, she was approached by a Christian counselor who started talking to her. And she realized that she didn't have one option. She had several choices. And one of those choices was to give birth and give that child uh, to an adoption agency. So that's what she did. And I praise God that, that she decided to um, have that baby. That baby was adopted by a loving couple in the again in the Denver area and they raised that child that child was their own child grew up graduated from high school went off to college and I would love to be able to have them in person right now that's a little impossible I'll explain that in a minute but I think we've got a picture of them This is the fella in the back, the big tall guy, is that young man that mom gave up for adoption. He's married. They have three sons. Now, this is where it gets personal. Because that man is Roseanne and my son-in-law. Isn't that awesome? That's our daughter, Laura, and Felix Isaac and Owen are three of our grandsons. And Jeff and Laura and the boys couldn't be here today because he's a United States Marine and he's serving our country in Okinawa right now. Yeah. And that's why this is personal. If that young 16-year-old mom about 40 years ago, or 38, don't tell Jeff I said he was 40. <clears throat> he's twice my size, and he's a Marine, so I'm not tangling with him. But <laughs> we wouldn't have that family. Yeah. We wouldn't have those three beautiful grandsons had she chosen a different option. But because of the choices she had... We've got that family. Wow. Now, locally, 
choices, which is over right across the street from the high school. I think it's appropriately placed. Um, choices is an agency that provides young men and women choices when they realize they're pregnant. Choices is completely 100% donation supported. We don't receive any money from any agency whatsoever. Roseanne and I started serving as volunteers about, I think about eight years ago, mentoring the young couples. And to make it even more personal, those of you who remember Jimmy Roulette, he was a worship pastor here several years back. He started writing the, the men's, writing a uh, uh, curriculum for the young dads. I mean, somewhere along the line, we came to the realization that if a young lady is pregnant, there had to be a guy involved, right? So instead of focusing just on the women, which is very important, we started teaching dad's classes. We started teaching the young men how to become mature, God-fearing men and dads. And I helped Jimmy finish up that curriculum, and Roseanne and I got to mentor several couples. And I think at this point, there have been about a, a dozen babies born um, from the clients that, that we helped mentor. And Choices gives all of their information, STI testing, um, pregnancy test, ultrasounds, and all of the classes 100% free. So when moms and dads realize they're in that situation, they can come in and learn how to be good parents, healthy parents, and that also provides a healthy baby that can grow up yeah. just like Jeff did. So how you can get involved is grab a baby bottle. It's out that yes, Matt, I've got my hand up there. You can grab a, uh, sorry, inside joke. But you can grab a baby bottle, fill, take it home, fill it with change, bring it back, put it out, back on a table. Now, I have to carry these over to Choices. So if you want to put the folding money in there or write a check, that works too. But all of that money goes to <laughs> supporting Choices. And over the years, Impact has been either the leading or the number two church in total dollars given to Choices. And that's, I don't think it's pridefulness, but it just shows me how much you all care. Yeah. Because this is a local mission that you can support. You can be a servant to Christ by simply filling up a baby bottle with change. Thank you. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, Bob. Yeah. In addition to the baby bottles, we support Choices monthly um, out of the uh, tithes and offerings that come. That's part of where your money goes. Uh, in addition to that, we also support a number of other organizations and groups. And one of those that I want to talk about next is a ministry called Fostering Hope. Uh, where are you at, Kristen and Tiffany? There they are. Come on up. Uh, make them feel welcome, and I'll tell you why they're coming up in just a second. So this is Tiffany. 
Tiffany and her son, I forgot, is it Ar Arthur? Arthur, and then Kristen Tessing, who uh, is up here for different reasons as well. She also is the one I told you about. If you want to talk about Africa next year, she's the one to come and talk to. But she's also involved in something called Fostering Hope. Um, let, me do, let me hand you guys the mic, and let me ask you a couple of questions. Tell us, first of all, Kristen, if you would, just in a sentence or two, what is Fostering Hope? What's it all about? So Fostering Hope is um, an organization that supports and loves on foster families. The foster families take on a ton of responsibility, and their transportation and just the needs of um, some of these little kids are huge. And so it was, they can't handle it all sometimes. And so we come along, and we're able to um, transport these kids to some of their appointments or take them on play dates or bring meals and, and just love and support on these families that give so much. So this is Tiffany. I think this is Tiffany's second time in church with us, correct? Is that right? Third. Okay, third time with us. And um, she is a foster mom. And so tell us a little bit, first of all, Tiffany, why you want to be, why you chose to be a foster parent. So after, hold, hold that up. <laughs> after about six years of trying to have our child of our own, um, we suffered a miscarriage and decided um, after about a year of going crazy with infertility treatments um, that our Lord took us on a different journey. Um, we've always been close to the kiddos that didn't have anybody else there to care for them and decided now that we would bring them into our home and show them what true love was when their parents were unable to. Isn't that awesome? So Tiffany's been doing that. Yeah, isn't that cool? Um, so talk about, if you would, just briefly, how has Fostering Hope as an organization and Impact Christian Church as part of Fostering Hope, how has that helped you do what you feel led to do? So like Kristen said, with um, foster care, we are strapped for time and trying to provide these kiddos everything that they need. A lot of our kiddos that come into our house need therapy set up. They need um, visitations with their birth parents um, at a minimum of once a week, if not more. And between school and running everywhere, it doesn't leave a whole lot of time for family time. So Fostering Hope has really helped us out with being able to spend more time as a family instead of having to worry about stopping at McDonald's to grab a meal as we're running back up the pass from a two-hour visit with somebody or trying to um, get one child across town when the other one has to be somewhere else. Um, they've helped me out with coming and just organizing my house where time has gotten away from us because we've had such a hectic week with therapy and stuff. So um, it's been great to have them with us. And I know that Kristen and the rest of the team that are part of our Impact Fostering Hope team to help Tiffany would say it is their honor. It is a privilege. They want to come and just share and help, whether it be Tiffany or others, that they might come alongside in the future in the name of Jesus. Kind of like you heard Levi talk about from across the world, just doing the simple things. Kind of like what Jesus talked about in the verse we read. Doing little things, whatever it may be, meeting needs to, in the name of Jesus to show people that we care and love them and to be a servant to them. So that's what has been happening in Tiffany's life. It's clearly making a difference and impact for her. If you want to know more about Fostering Hope, talk to Kristen. She can point you to others that can help you understand more of that. But can you one more time put your hands together and make some noise for Tiffany and Arthur? God bless you. It's a super cool ministry. I love what's happening there. 
All right, um, another thing that we support on a monthly basis with, again, finances, but also with people, although not as many people as we would like, is, is the food pantry over in Divide. John and Sharon, where are you at? I know you're in here. There you are. Come on up here with me, if you would. Everybody make John and Sharon feel welcome as they come on up. All right, so John and Sharon are active at a, at a church in Monument where their son is the youth pastor, I believe. And let me hand you the mic here. We'll start the question with you, John. Tell us a little bit about, first of all, um, let's see, what did I tell you I was going to ask you? Well, first of all, the food pantry uh, is a twice-a-month ministry that, that uh, takes care of a, roughly, if I understand correctly, from Ken and Judy, who kind of run the show over there, and they do a great job, have for many years, as many as 300 families uh, at a time. That's a huge number. 300 families in need from Teller County, mostly, almost all from Teller County. Um, so talk about how that works and how many, uh, what kind of volunteers you need, that kind of thing. Believe it or not, Divide has the second largest food pantry in southern Colorado. And as he mentioned, we meet on the second and fourth Mondays of the month, and we serve anywhere between 250 and 300 families. And each family gets two boxes of food. That's banana boxes, fairly good size. And we buy most of the food. A lot of our food comes from Karen Share, Colorado Springs. We do get some free food from Walmart and uh, a couple of other organizations. But most of it we buy, so it comes from donations. So we appreciate any donation we can get. And also we need about anywhere between uh, 40, 25 to 40 volunteers show up every two weeks. And sometimes it's a little less. Sometimes we're strapped for people. So yeah. anybody who can come out to help, you don't even have to be there for all the time. It's between 12.30 and 6.30 on Mondays. If you can come out and help, uh, even for a short period of time, that would be very helpful. Yeah, Sharon, um, if you would explain a little bit more about what John just said there, about the typical volunteer, what the typical volunteer looks like, who would be an ideal person to come and help? Uh, the typical volunteer looks like everybody out here, really. <laughs> All right. Everybody. Uh, summertime is an especially bad time for us to get volunteers because people are on vacations. Uh, we get a lot of volunteers who are Kara's Bible College students. They're not here in the summertime, a lot of them. Uh, so... That makes it tougher for all of us who are there. We're, we're still going to show up. We're still going to do it. But it makes it a little bit tougher. Uh, you don't have to show up at 1230 on the second and fourth Mondays. You can show up at 3 o'clock if that's the only time you can be there. And then work until uh, 630 when the distribution ends. Uh, yeah, to, to, make, to make it clear, just in case anybody's going, yeah, maybe we could get involved, the distribution, make sure I say this right, correct right. me if I'm wrong, is from 3.30 to 6.30. Is that that's, right? Yes. But that's the, the time that we hand food to people who drive through our okay. parking lot. We have to set up, though, starting at 12.30. So, so volunteers that can come at 12.30 or 1 would be ideal to help get set up, get ready, and then help with the distribution. And then after the distribution is over at 6.30, there is a meal for all the volunteers. Yes. 
That's right. I know how that works. So anyway, do that. And then after the meal is over, um, there's need for people to help put things away. So in other words, if you are a volunteer, potentially volunteering, and you're going, well, I just can't get there till whatever that time is, they could use your help even if you show up um, just in time to help put things away. But again, it's every, how often? Twice a month. Twice a month. The second and fourth Monday of every month. Which means the next time is going to be a week from tomorrow on a holiday, which if I understand correctly, means the anticipation is the need for volunteers will even be greater than a normal time because it's a holiday and a lot of people are gone doing other things. So if anybody says, you know what? I want to get involved. I want to serve. I want to roll up my sleeves and get dirty, help and and serve in some way, like Jesus talked about. A week from tomorrow would be a great time to, even if it's just a one-time thing, to do that. And maybe it'll light a fire and you'll catch that vision and go, man, I want to do this more regularly. But that's up to you. But I want to encourage you. I'd really like to ask you to think about and pray about. Maybe nudge your wife or husband right now and say, hey, what do you think? A week from tomorrow on Memorial Day, let's go out there anytime between 1.30 and um, you know, dinner time, and serve and help those that are in need. Because they, as John said, they need about 40 uh, volunteers, and they average about 25. So they're, they're a little bit short always, but especially they are on holidays. Did I leave something out, or is that about right? Just one other thing I wanted to mention. We do have some literature that's pamphlets out yeah. at the Choices table. And it is, there's one that tells about the food pantry and the other one that tells about a golf tournament coming up. If you want to join, that's a fundraiser. And it's on June 3rd, I believe. Okay. But the pamphlets are there, so stop by. You'll, look, you'll see the choices table, and as Bob just talked about, the um, baby bottles are there, but also the pamphlets. Hey, will you make some noise one more time for John and Sharon? Thank you, John and Sharon. I told you a lot, of, a lot of moving parts. We have a lot of things going on, and we just want to give you options, ways to plug in and get involved, and not just, not just be a hearer of God's Word, as James, the brother of Jesus, um, talked about. Not just a hearer of the Word, but a doer of the Word. So find a way. Plug in. Get involved in one of these. We might ask you, do you believe in missions? And most everybody would say yes. But I would, I would contend and tell you, And I'm not trying to be rude, but I'll just tell you, you're wrong. You don't believe in it unless you're doing it. It's the same thing with, do you believe in in, uh, uh, tithing? If you say yes, but I don't do it, then no, you don't. You don't believe in it. Do do you believe in faithfulness to your wife? Well, if if you've been unfaithful, then no, you don't. You don't believe in it. It's what you believe in is what you do. And so I just want to encourage you to believe in missions to the point that you do it, that you get involved. Find a way in one of these areas that we're talking about to get involved. Let me share with you one more. Holly Galvin, where are you at? Oh, there you are. Come on up here, Holly. Come join. Make some noise for Holly as she comes up too. Um, thank you. Holly is going to start a new ministry. She's part of our mission team. As I already mentioned, her and her husband, Mike, lead our Mexico um, endeavors usually. They've been part of that for many years. Or part of the mission team. But anyway, uh, Holly came and said, I want to start a ministry here. Talk about just a little bit. Tell everybody what that looks like, what we're talking about, why. Or what it is first and then why. Okay. Um, Well, it's a meals ministry. And basically, um, I guess the why is just like some of the verses that we've looked at today um, about serving 
the needs of people. And specifically, Paul says in Galatians 6 that we're to do good to everyone, but especially those in the body of Christ. And so we want to make sure that as a church family, not only are we giving to the community outside of the church, to other countries, but that people in the church, their needs are getting met. And so this is a unique ministry and that you sign up so that you can be served and serve. The goal is that if you have a death in the family, a new baby, a sickness, a surgery, you know, any stressful life event that you're just like, man, I could really use a meal that we can rally around you as a church family and provide that for you. Um, and it's not, you know, we're not trying to all be Martha Stewart's here. Like some of us can order a pizza. Anyone can order a pizza or do takeout or even I had a friend when I had surgery send me a gift card in the mail because she was too far away to get me a meal. So we want to make it easy for people. But, um, and I guess one of the whys of, as far as why I chose or wanted to do this is when I was a kid, I remember during a difficult time with my family, not having food in the cupboard and my church family showing up with groceries without being asked and just the impact that that made on my family. And, and so, um, yeah. So, Holly is just getting this rolling. There are things that are yet to be figured out, I'm sure, of course, details that she'll continue to put together. But in short, if somebody wants to help you, what do they need to know? How do they do that? Okay, so I'm going to be in the foyer with the sign-up sheet, and I would just love for you to come by and um, write down your name, phone number, email, and then in the next few weeks, you'll get a request from me saying, take them a meal. And, um, <clears throat> and then from there, what I'm asking is that if you know of someone, because we're such a big church family, um, if you know of someone that's having a surgery or a baby or whatever, I may not know about that need, you know, for you to shoot me an email and say, so-and-so's having a surgery or this person's having a baby, can we set up a meal plan? And so for us to work together, to have those needs met. And, and uh, whether it be directly to Holly, you can do that, of course. That would be even ideal. Or if you go, oh, I lost her email address or I didn't get that, you can contact the church office and we will then put you in contact with Holly. But we want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to one another, to love one another, help one another. So on both ends, which I just love that. In other words, as a recipient, we want to be able to come alongside and help you. But we also want to give you an opportunity to be the answer to the prayer and help others. And that's where Holly's coming in in terms of the organization of that part. Some of those meals, of course, would just be, like she said, a hot meal, fresh meal. Some might even be things that you would make and then she would store somewhere and freeze and be able to take to somebody. Others might be the pizza scenario or gift card scenario or whatever. So if you want to know more about that. Come talk to Holly. But isn't that beautiful? I just appreciated her heart. Will you, will you tell her thank you by putting your hands together? Thank you, Holly. God bless you. There's a lot of moving parts and lots of ways to get involved. Um, 
We don't even have um, uh, Mike Reynolds here with us, but he serves in ministry at uh, prisons over in, primarily in Buena Vista. And he goes and makes an impact on people over there. If you want to know more about that, that piece of paper where I put mine um, talks about, actually, I don't know that we even got that on there. But if you want to know more about that, you can come and ask me about that. I'll put you in contact with Mike about prison ministry. But there are lots and lots of ways to get involved. And what I want to encourage you to do is to consider a way to do so. Also on that sheet of paper, you'll see Operation Christmas Child in August. You'll hear more about that coming up. But there are lots of ways to plug in and be involved. Let me close with this. God said through the Apostle Paul, um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he he gave us some really powerful uh, verses and things to understand in this context. God said this through Paul in Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come up. We'll close with this. And then we're going to sing and worship together. But God said this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we need to call on the name of the Lord. Salvation is not by works so that no one can boast. It is about the free gift. Something that we receive in faith. uh, We receive grace by faith. And we just simply need to accept Jesus. And so we all understand that. Or I hope we all do. So that's made clear again as we see it over and over in Scripture. But then, but then the Apostle Paul says, but how can they call on the one they have not believed in? Hmm, good question. And how can they believe in one whom they have not heard of? Hmm, second, good question. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Another good question. And a fourth one is, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, and then he quotes from the Old Testament, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, we're not asking you to preach. You hear that word and a lot of people freak out like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not asking you to preach a sermon. I'm asking you to get your hands dirty in the sense that you get involved in one of many, many, many ways and find a way to serve others, love others, make a difference for others, and to basically, in short, to bring them some good news. Share the good news of Jesus that God is who he says he is. He may not be politically correct today, but God is who he says he is. And Jesus is who he says he is. He did come to this earth. He did live. He did die and pave the way for us. And he rose from the grave. And he's coming back again someday. And we need to just share that good news and his love with all those around us whenever we, wherever we have opportunity. And we just want to encourage you and give you ways to get involved. So I want to just pray, and I want to ask you to stand with me. Will you do that? Let's stand together. And I want to just lead us all in prayer. But I pray that while my mouth is open and talking, that you'll also, in your mind, maybe in your, with your, under your breath as well, say these same words. Lord, God, here's our prayer. Would you please show us how you want us to get involved? Help us, Lord to care enough to do, to not just listen and go, oh, that's really cool. I'm glad other people are doing things like that. Lord, help me, help each one of us today to say, Lord, how can I get involved? Where do you want me to serve somebody? Maybe it's some idea that hadn't even been talked about, doing something for my neighbor or for my coworker or the stranger that I just, you know, might meet tomorrow. Whoever it is, Lord, help me to figure out a way. Help each one of us to figure out a way that we can serve and love others as you have loved us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing and let's worship.